0: Welcome back to People Analytics. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton. Today, I have with me Francisca Manning, who is the Human Resources Director at LCS Facility Group. Welcome, Francisca. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I'm well, I'm so glad you're here um, before we get into the meat of the the episode, can you tell us who you are, what you do and why you do it?
1: Yeah. so my name is Francisca Manning. Um, I've been in HR for close to about 18 years now. Um, I started my beginnings started um, working in manufacturing and providing sort of coordination for the human resources department and then sort of worked my way up to the current position. Um, My background is heavily in manufacturing and um, there's also some healthcare included in it. So um, love what I do. I enjoy working with um, large scale facilities and field units. So I'm very happy to do what I do. HR is definitely um, part of my DNA, I guess. Yeah.
0: And what I love about the industry or the field is that it is so diverse because An HR experience in manufacturing is completely different than an HR experience at maybe a tech startup. So can you explain what is unique about HR in manufacturing?
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of challenges um, that come with working in manufacturing. Um, A lot of them have to do with um, working in in a union environment. Uh, Not every single facility is union, but... um, the ones that I've worked um in were heavily unioned as well too. So getting to know sort of like the collective um, agreement and um sort of working with the union reps and the shop stewards as well and the population overall. So that's um, you know, that's that's one of the challenges. Another is um being a female, sort of trying to get you know, the respect, I guess, and having to be part of like or getting to know sort of like the boys club or when it's um sort of heavily male, you know, um, oriented in certain areas or mainly manufacturing plant. So, um, yeah, so that's another sort of minor challenge as well, too. But it comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah, so I have so many questions
0: um you know based on what you just said but uh let's start out with the one that popped in my head first. I know that um people leaders um they have to stay up to date with employment law and I know that changes very very um you know quickly and constantly. You also have to stay up to date with um you know union regulations too. Can you explain what it's like to um, have to follow you know so many different regulations
1: yes so um union um sort of bargaining agreements are crafted differently depending on the state that you're in um um so the uh, sort of how it is in, in New York state they have sort of different sort of ruling for rules for their union employees sort of how a union should proceed in their dealings with um with their um you know their groups i guess and also with the um the uh, managers or the owners of a company um i've had really good experiences with the um unions that i've been working that i was that would been take that i took part of and um i've been very lucky in the sense that they are able to work with the needs of you know to basically conjointly with the, the the hr department and also the ownership so it it takes um it takes careful sort of crafting to work with how how everything sort of is is you know the the details i guess and within the union process or or dealing or even you know the collective bar- bargaining agreement
0: yeah.
1: um i know that there is some singular sort of um uh, I guess you know details that come uh, that are very sort of general to the aspects of the um, agreements and most for most states, but um it's very sort of diverse in, in different states. So I can sort of talk um, on one specific, you know, um, you know, product in, in the union, um, but um it is it is challenging. It's very diverse as well too. So. It's it's nice to have um, the support when you get a union rep that wants to work with the company and the ownership as well too. Yeah, and you mentioned um, safety pro-
0: protocols as well, and so that just adds another um, you know rules and reg- some more ru- rules and regulations to follow. So, um, tell me a little bit about working with
1: safety protocols. Yes, so um, depending on the size of the plant, there's also a large. Um, Sort of, you you have to be involved in a lot of the um, process to keep our safe. Um, we, uh, I've been actually very instrumental in uh, applying a lot of the OSHA processes and procedures. I've actually incorporated OSHA or taken advantage of their products um, where they offer sort of like solutions and then and some you know consulting sort of uh, time. When, um to come into the plant to see if there's any sort of challenges that you need to take care of, any sort of issues that we need to work with um, when it comes to safety. So um yeah safety is is very um, the, the primary sort of aspect and working in a prime in a, in a plant, um, identifying obviously root causes and stuff. So uh, I have developed several safety plans as well that I, I believe are still in effect. To this day with um, a previous employers, so yeah, it is. It is extremely important. Yeah, and you mentioned that you
0: grew up in manufacturing, and I can imagine that really, really helped. Um, you know, with certain terms or procedures, um, and really get you into the human resources world. So, tell me a little bit about growing up in manufacturing and how that came, kind of gave you a leg up uh, where you are today.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting story. My mom used to work for a manufacturing plant, so I kind of got the insight um, from very young. Um, also, my brother worked in, in manufacturing as well, too. Um, he's a, a mechanical engineer as well. And my mom uh, worked part of the line, and then she moved out to management um, in her time and she retired. Um, so there's also a lot of my ma- family members, friends that are part of, um, manufacturing plants. Um, one of them, actually one of my good friends works for, um, Ford industry and one of the lines. So it's actually very interesting, um, the way they, they take care of their, indivi- their people and the populations and how they communicate, um, changes to, um, you know, their policies and how they take care of um also their union sort of aspects of it. So yeah, and I I feel very happy and familiar when it comes to um working on a plant on a shop floor. Yeah. So the other
0: question I had that you brought up, um, you know, you said the challenge of being a woman in manufacturing and that is something, you know, that I can relate to in the sense that my first um, job out of college for seven years, it was in a highly male dominated environment. So there are different, um, you know, cues, there's different ways to communicate. Um, I want to be clear saying not one is neither, you know, bad or good. Um, it's just you have to navigate people differently. So how have you, um, you know? navigated a male dominated environment as a woman.
1: Um, I believe that, you know, you have to have a little bit of a thick skin when you're coming into sort of that environment. Um, It's also very blue color as well. So you're different, very, you're dealing with a lot of different sort of population groups as well too. So um, you have to be very impartial and in your thought process as well too. And you have to get to know, um, the groups, um, leaders, you have to get to know um, the manager. So uh, when I join a company or, or plant, I, I make it my priority to sort of make, uh, do some sort of an intake with um, all the managers. And I, I don't dive in to do changes right o- right away, um, which actually promotes a lot of the uh, sort of um, getting the uh the managers to be comfortable with you because they figure, you know, if, if you're trying to learn what they're trying to do, it, it's a plus for you definitely. It sort of gives you a little bit of a leg up and in, in having that um their support that on their end as well too. So yeah. Um it is it is challenging, uh, but not as challenging, mind, you know, that mighty as you're joining another, uh, any other sort of industry group. Um, I would, I would like to see more women be part of like those large scale sort of manufacturing plants and, um, get to know, um, those population groups as well too. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd like you to expand a little bit on the thick skin comments. Um, you know, what specifically do you have to have a thick skin about?
1: Yeah, so um, there's a lot of, um, you know, when you're dealing with sort of 85%, you know, male dominated, um, you know, population, they tend to try to sort of want to get information from you or trying to sort of, uh, maybe they see you as a pushover because you're a woman and try to sort of appeal to that particular side of you as well, too. So you got to see it um for what it is, you know, trying to get favors or trying to get sort of things from you when um, it's not, it's not feasible, obviously. So you Mm -hmm. have to develop that sort of thick skin. And and then when it's a no, it's a no, and try to develop that sort of other side of you, where you understand that you're working with, you know, adults, you know, (laughs) and (laughs) that they cannot, sort of try it and try to push you over just because you're you're a woman you know try to get something from you and maybe try to appeal to that sort of i don't know female sort of side of things you know
0: yeah for me personally i noticed um that communication is a little bit more direct um and that's kind of shaped how i communicate and i noticed that you know there is that expectation you know for as for women to add more exclamation points and emails and, you know, be, have their language be a little bit more flowery. Um, But I found that because my communication is direct, uh, people have had a problem with that. Would you say that, um, you know, your experience is similar with direct communication or different?
1: Um, It's been very, it's been similar as well too. I think that it is tough, you know, when you're trying to sort of, work up work your way up to um, a sort of a manager's role and try and have to have everybody's sort of like support as well too um if you're especially if you're coming into a new industry that you have never been a part of um you're trying to get you know that respect um but at the very beginning you know i made it my my you know, my thought is is to always at the very beginning get the buy in for the managers, the managing team, and you know the leading staff and the supervisors. I think that that goes a long way. Once you they feel that they're comfortable with you and and they understand where you're trying to come, uh, you know what you're trying to do, it's easier um, for you to sort of get your point across and you don't have to shout so much and you won't have to sort of say please and thank you. Um, It it goes a long way, obviously, but sometimes when you need to be direct, sometimes the please or the thank yous are, you know, um, are left on the side on the sidelines. But yeah, Yeah. I I think (laughs) at the very beginning, it works. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And um, I know that you really lean on your strengths and find confidence in those, which I think is so important for anyone in any uh, position, no matter what they're doing. Um, so what are your strengths? Where do you find your confidence?
1: You know, I, I actually um take I do read a lot and I also um do a lot of I listen to a lot of good podcast a lot of good podcasts and and I, I I do a lot of video for tech talks. And I think that a lot of it has to do with just uh, like you said it yourself, it was just a confidence that comes from you that um, there's also a lot of past experiences and you're learning from. So I'm happy to say, you know, I've learned through a lot of like hit and misses out there. There's a lot of roadblocks that I had to hit um, sort of like from my early career, you know, and um. It's just basically the strength that you find from learning from all those all those times that you get sort of knocked down a little bit. You know, like, well, next time I will do this differently. And it kind of you learn from that. Mm-hmm. So I, I do. Uh, yeah, Um, I find a lot of strength in, in a lot of the people that I listen to um, and uh, also a lot of the podcasts to yourself and, and also, you know, the tech talks out there. So they're very inspirational. Tell me some of the strengths that you are proud of. I am very straightforward and I'm very loyal and very passionate of what I do. Um, very detail oriented and very focused. So um, I know when I come into a position or even part of it, an actual um, company, I develop a plant and I see it throw. And if once that plant comes to, you know, it's to the end, then I develop a new set of goals for myself sort of, it keeps me going that way. And that's, that's who I am. You know, that's my focus sort of, that's my, um, that's the way I lead my life, I guess. Yeah. And I, like you
0: said, a new set of goals. So you're always doing something different. You're always striving for something else. Correct. Yes. Um, And I know that um, something that you really enjoy and um, your strengths cater to is how you build and strengthen relationships. Tell me about uh, what relationship building is like in manufacturing.
1: Yes. So in order for, uh, again, um, I keep going back to the, because it's, it's such an important piece when you, you're starting a new company or, or you're coming into a new sort of um you know, group, they don't know who you are. So you have to start establishing yourself from the very beginning. Like day one, you know, you got to start sort of treating the employees and the managers and supervisors and everybody above sort of in a certain way that they understand that you're trying to sort of um, not come in to do the overall changes, uh, you know, from the very beginning, but try to sort of work with what they have at the very beginning, understand them, and then provide certain solutions along the way. You know, in a couple months' time, you start seeing that, okay, you know, they're coming around a little bit, so we can, you know, institute this particular change at this particular time. We can change this particular policy to meet these needs, um, production or whatever. So um, that's, that's how I handle sort of um, that.
0: And I, I know it's, um, it's a lot different than having to, you know, go cubicle to cubicle or desk to desk um, when you're actually on a manufacturing floor. So how do you engage with uh, staff in a way that is safe for them and safe for you, and really helps to keep things efficient?
1: So it's very important for all the um, HR personnel to make their presence known on the floor. So um, a lot of the times our employees feel a little intimidating coming up to, you know, the offices because you might, they might have to cut through customer service. They might have to cut through sometimes the, the president's location. So they're intimidating come up, uh, coming up to the offices. So uh, I make it a point to come and see everybody during the day. I do a couple walkthroughs throughout the day. Um, yeah, you know, in the morning to make sure everybody's saying, you know, it's coming in. Okay. If there's any questions, there's, there's break time in the morning as well too. Um, if you happen to be there on that time, it's, it's, you know, it's beneficial for them because then I know they see you walking around and they take it, you know, they take advantage of Ask questions, uh, but yeah, I do a lot of walkthroughs throughout the day so they can see that I'm visible and present and available for them at any time. And I also, you know, if I need to sort of schedule late late times, I I do. Or if I need to come in a little earlier, then I do. Or if there's a, a you know a, a group that works on Saturdays, then I'm making a point to come in on Saturday and and you know come in to see them.
0: Yeah, consistency really builds trust. Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So I know uh, you like to figure out the group dynamic to see where things are thriving or lacking. And I really connect this to a comment that another guest made about how, um, you know, a company or organization is like a living organism. Uh, So how do you just observe, um, you know, that group dynamic? Like it kind of is a, a living organism with a personality and unique needs.
1: So that is inter- an interesting comment and it's sort of it does say a lot about you know the, the populations and the groups um I think that you approach that um in the, in the same way that you approach sort of your workload right you you got to sort of um understand first of all what their needs are um it could be anything really. It could be sort of less hours. It could be um more um they need more tools and more they need more different sort of type of uniforms so that you know is better in the summer or heavier in the winter, depending on what they do, obviously. So I think you approach it on their needs. Um I think that would be the best answer I can give you. I think it's mm-hmm. just basing on what their um their needs for this particular or living organism kind of comment. Yeah.
0: And you know. <laughs> Each person within that group is, has their own individual needs too. So, um, and I know that you like to offer, you know, training or a new program to help with professional development. Uh, Tell me a little bit about how you
1: encourage uh, individual workers to succeed. So it starts from day one when you uh, first introduce any member to the to the team. Uh, you want to make sure they're um, sort of form- uh, formally introduced to everybody that they're going to be um, you know, working with or the areas they're going to be sort of assigned into and try to build uh, that sort of working relationship. On, um, I always try to make sure that the member is, you know, uh, working with somebody who's training them. It will be uh, either a senior person a leader first and and then uh, sort of try to work with them for the next three months or so we provide I, I provide evaluations to see how well they're doing. Um, sometimes they're doing really really well and they they um, we move them on to different areas because they feel that they are or we feel that they're um, instrumental and they have other sort of type of skills that we didn't know they had in the first place and they, they're really good. So it's that hand-holding right at the very beginning and sort of trying to work with them and tell them that, you know, the company, um, the way it's sort of to climb up is to do, um, specific things, you know, to climb up basically, you know, if you're learning how to do, you know, uh, working in machinery, you you need to know how to access the tools, you need to know how your machine works. Um, Also, if you're, if you're, you know, uh, doing uh, some forklift work, you know, you need to understand uh, the, you know, how the machine is working, what is the best way, you know, what type of environment it's suitable when to not to go too fast on it kind of thing. Um, so it's handholding until sort of like the very first year. And from then, uh, we do like an annual evaluation, I I should say. And then we start providing sort of training, um, at that point, if there is an option to move a mom to a leader team or maybe a supervisory sort of role. So it starts from day one. Wow. And you said a year you
0: there's support, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah
0: and that's at least for me personally that's that's been rare um you know i've been in positions where i'm expected to know all you know 50 procedures by 3 months and you know personally i think that is not realistic in a work environment because it's it's a new culture there are new procedures there's there's a lot to learn for new employees and i really appreciate that um you know when you say handholding i kind of looked at it as nurturing in a way you're really kind of you know, i think of like the nest where you get the babies you know what they need and then there they are they're ready let's go
1: yeah and the outcome is retention right we want to yeah. make sure that we retain our good employees too if we have a really good member you know we we want to make sure that they're they're going to stay with us. So if we need to do extra training or they're interested in something else and we provide the access to for them to get more training and yeah, the key word is retention at the end.
0: Yeah. And I know part of that is helping them whether, you know, they have a clear career path or they're not sure uh, about their career path is helping them get to, you know, where they want to be or where they'd be best at.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it does work and sometimes it doesn't, you know, but that's um, the ideal sort of way of, uh, you know, processing through and and getting our new people sort of come in and feel confident and comfortable and, and know that there's a career path, you know, waiting for them. Um, I mean, I'm currently working for um, a cleaning company where I have employees who have reached 15, 16 years. You know, we have our founding members that um, one of our members was, A cleaner, and now he's a director of the projects um, team. We have a lot of success stories too. So, yeah, so it is possible. It is, you know, it is a good outcome. Yeah,
0: yeah. It seems like staff is definitely not overlooked in terms of their strengths and potential.
1: Yeah, correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, Francisca,
0: this has been a lovely conversation. I'm very grateful to have you on our show. Before we sign off, is there anything that I may have missed or you would like to add?
1: No, I, I would like to thank you as well for the opportunity. This was a really great chat. Um. Yeah, no, no, it was awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. And thank you. And if people want to get in touch, what's the best way to do so?
1: Uh, they can certainly um, get in touch with me via my LinkedIn um, I'm posted on uh, Francisca Manning at LinkedIn. so they can feel free
0: to you know get in touch with me that way. Great. Well if you or anyone you know is like Francisca and enjoys building and strengthening re- relationships, email me Lindsay at staffheek.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to staff geek's People Analytics podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people first mindset, please email me at lindsaystaffgeek.com. That's L I N D S A Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening.